This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Mike Vardy. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now, a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash productiveconvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com 
forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am Mike Vardy, your host. And this week, I have a very special interview with Andrew Sinkoff of Evernote. He is, uh, we go into a lot of really cool uh, in-depth stuff in this interview. I'm really, really quite proud of how this interview turned out. Um, you know, we talk about the state of Evernote, you know, what, some of the changes that have been going on. We talk about, you know, use cases, some tips that, that he, how he uses Evernote, which I think is rather interesting. And, and I really, I know he's been doing the circuit lately and I really wanted to make sure that I got in depth. And as a, as a Evernote user, as an Evernote user that has been using it for a long time, I know that people out there are looking for a way to leverage Evernote better. And I think we really dive into this a lot in this episode. So I'm not going to take too much of your time in this introductory area. I will, however, let you know that the Patreon edition of the podcast does have extended, uh, exclusive components of this interview that aren't talked about here. So if you're interested in supporting the show, you will get three episodes per week, two bonus episodes that are shorter in length, as well as the full entire enhanced exclusive version of each of these podcasts I deliver every Thursday. Just head over to patreon.com slash productivityist and pledge any dollar amount from $1 and above. There are lots of perks there that you can uh, take advantage of, including some options for productivity as coaching and some products. So check those out as well, all over at patreon.com slash productivityist. Without further ado, let's dive into this conversation I had with Andrew Sinkoff of Evernote. Thanks for joining me, and we will talk to you after this discussion. I'd like to welcome Andrew Sinkoff, the VP of Marketing and a co-founder of Evernote to the Productivityist podcast. Andrew, thanks for joining me this week. Thanks for having me, Mike. We talked before I started uh, recording here. We had a bit of a. I, I had some some specific questions to you that were user case based because you know when you get a chance to talk to somebody from Evernote, you're like, uh, okay, I, I'm going to leverage the the hell out of this. Uh, so I did, but <laughs> I want to talk to you a little bit about the fact that like where not just where Evernote is, but where it's going in terms of you know productivity. So I mean. Productivity for me, like uh, you, I've, it's well documented what I use Evernote for. It's, it's not my task management tool of choice. I do use the reminders feature for ideas that I want to bring to, to action. So I will, like if I have an idea for a book or a product, the note that has it in it will ping me at a certain time and then it will go, okay, don't forget to work on this. So that kind of thing. But to you, like based on, on, on your, what Evernote is doing and where you're at, like what does productivity look like to you in like where we are now as well as where we're going because i think evernote plays a key role in that in my mind that's such a it's a low it's a loaded question it's a really <laughs> loaded question and i think it's but it's a it's a critical one right because uh i think these days we're sort of always looking for the productivity solution right especially i think that you know your audience you're always kind of looking for what's the best thing what's going to make me the best person yeah it's it's like people are saying well uh, what's the silver bullet? Yeah, and and I think, well, in my view, there is none. Same right? here, There's same no, here, yeah. We, we, we don't have one. And one thing that I think we have sort of embraced uh, at Evernote is this belief that what you want, what an individual wants ultimately is 
a sort of a personal commitment to the product, which means that that um, there is this this sort of distance between what the product tells you it does and what you then discover about the product. Meaning that there's there's some work that you have to put into it. There's a little DIY aspect to the to the product that that creates this really deep personal connection to the thing that you're using. And it's very different from uh, from very sort of uh, what I would say kind of like single purpose um, productivity solutions where uh, you download it, you install it, you sort of try it. It feels perfect. It feels like it matches exactly the, the person and the place that you are in your life at a given moment. And then as soon as something changes for you, that thing dies. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's not useful anymore. Right. Because it's so rigid. And with us, there's actually this like you have to do a little bit of work. But then when you do that little bit of work of actually sort of understanding and trying something out, it becomes this crazy like layer cake of functionality and opportunity that you never even thought was possible. Like you didn't you came into it thinking, oh, I'm just going to do this like task management or I'm going to clip some web pages or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, you know, you look back two years later and your whole company's running on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, how'd that, how'd that happen? <laughs> uh, but we see that all the time. And I think that's that's really that's sort of a fascinating uh, thing that happens with with Evernote users, and it's also just I, I think that's kind of what what ultimately we want, but we don't know that we want it because we're so looking always for the shiny new thing uh, that it's that there's this comfort in stability and there's this comfort in. Uh, not having to always switch and go to different places and relearn and and in the new thing that there's actually this there's a lot of value in in how much you can get out of one place having right. all the stuff in one place uh, and doing the little bit of work that's required to sort of make it work in all the various ways that you need it to work. The great thing about Evernote that I love is it kind of aligns itself with this now your formula I've crafted, which is simple because, I mean, it really is. It's, 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 I mean, it could be as, ba- as simple as you, you know, want it to be or as powerful as you need it to be. Right. It's also durable. Like it, 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 it's available pretty much anywhere. It generally, I mean, I've never had Evernote break on me. Um, and it's flexible. Like you said, like, you know, you can, you can use it for a variety of use cases. Now, I'm going to ask you the question that I hear a lot, and I'm sure you hear a lot, um, or the story. You know what? I downloaded Evernote. Now what? (laughs) You know? I mean, you kind of answered it a little bit. But a lot Uh, of people are like, I have Evernote, and I have no idea what to do with it. Or, you know, I remember downloading it back in 2009, and now I, like, but it just sits there. And, 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 And one of the things that I think, as a second aspect to that question is, is, well, we'll answer that one first and I've got to follow up. But, but what do you, like when people go, I mean, cause I'm sure you get this is, okay, what is Evernote for? Like I have this thing downloaded, but I don't know what to use it for. I mean, the easy answer is, well, whatever you want, but, but how does someone really like kind of get started with it so that they can leverage the power that, that Evernote really does have? That is the that is the question that uh, that you know to say that I get it sometimes is is a little <laughs> bit of an understatement. I mean, the we have an, we have a really big user base. So we we've we have hundreds over you know 120 or some odd million users around the world using Evernote, and the the reality is that that they they all have sort of moved into using Evernote from from potentially from different places, from different needs, for for different reasons. And one thing that we struggled with, uh, and and it's always difficult when you have a product like I said, with sort of which is more of a 
uh, of a framework for how to think about the work that you're doing and not so much a guided you know, path, right? So you have to do, you have to define it uh, around yourself. You have to mold it around yourself and it sort of molds and flexes with your needs. So it makes it harder for us as a company to say like, this is what you should use it for. Uh, we, we are not a prescriptive company, which is so different from so much of the other stuff that's out there. It's like, we're not telling you that this is how you use it. Um, but we love the fact that so much of our community, so many people out there have really figured it out for themselves and have made it so important. You know, when, when, when people, for example, like, you know, uh, Tim Ferriss, you, you know, we we're talking earlier, Tim Ferriss wrote a book in Evernote. That's amazing. That's a great, that's a great story about how a person can actually get a value out of a product that, that they probably didn't expect. And, and my wife and I use it for our home garden because I... Well, I mean, I've told a story before where I accidentally pulled strawberries thinking they were weeds. And she said, well, I said, let's map out our garden in Evernote <laughs> so she could take pictures of it and say, this is not a weed. This is lemon balm or this. And I use it for my beer cellar as well. Sure. You know, sure. I mean, and that there's a, actually I think I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes, but there's a post on the Evernote blog that talks about how, I, how I've done that. Yeah. And so so for us, one thing that we, we shifted from uh, in, in fairly recently, it was about a year ago, um, we shifted from a, a kind of we're, we're for everything. From the, so to be clear, it's, it's, it's the perspective that Evernote takes about our own product. That, that, that could differ from how our users view it. But from our perspective, when we, we started thinking about our product uh, and ask, actually looking at how our user base uses the product, it's, 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 a, it's for work. I mean, fundamentally, it's for and, – and really specifically for your life's work. It's stuff that, 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 that sort of you're passionate about, that you care about, that you spend a lot of time thinking about. This is where that stuff lives. This is where all of that research, all of those ideas, all of that work, that's where it lives. And so – um, that gives us a framework for how do we how do we think about our product, and so the space that that we really um, uh, exist in, and 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 where we see the most opportunity for sort of evolution in, in the future, and where we think the world should go, is is our view on office productivity and how we view uh, how people should write and how people should be presenting and how meetings should happen and. All of this stuff is sort of baked into this product, and that's where that's where we are really taking it. That's where we're thinking of the, the sort of the biggest potential and the most exciting stuff for us is happening. Just some thoughts, because I'm sure people have probably also thought about this. Templates. Have you guys – I mean, I know Asana does this, where, where and they've actually done it more through Templana than anybody else. But have you considered – and I mean, obviously, we get stuff in the blog and user community. But have you guys considered, hey, here's a, here's a notebook that you can download – or that you can sync to, rather, not download. But uh, you can join that has a template for what a use case might be. Have you guys considered, like, have you done, I've not seen it. So is that something that you're looking at just to help with those people who are struggling indeed with the, hey, uh, how do I get started? Yeah, that's, that's just a great uh, great suggestion and something that we've we've thought about, but we haven't, obviously, as, as you know, we haven't implemented. But uh, that is something that we, uh, we're, we're considering because I think it helps. I think exactly for the, for the reason that you just said, it helps people know kind of what they could do, where, where, the, where, where they can start, which is usually the, 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 the really the hardest moment for people is in the first, you know, 24 hours, right? It's like, okay, I got it. What do I do now? And uh, as, as soon as you can give a person a reason to, to do something in, that, in those first few moments, those first, first couple of days, you can, you, you've sort of got them enough for them to sort of begin to explore, right? So, um, and I think you're exactly right. Templates and things like that are really, really useful. What's the, uh, obviously you guys have just tiered your pricing, which is, I think, I think that anybody who's been using Evernote for a long time had to see this coming. Um, but What's the response been like? Because I've heard, I mean, the biggest thing that people have, that's kind of put, not people off, but they've kind of, it, it may have irked them a little bit, is the 
email address because that's a huge thing for a lot of people. I mean, there are workarounds, obviously. Um, but what's the what's the feedback been like so far in terms of hey, I did have this before, now I don't. I mean, the 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 barrier to entry is so low. I, I for me, I don't think that's an issue. But for those people who are like, I just got this, and now. I thought I'd be able to do this because there's been a lot of writing about Evernote in the past where people are, are, are figure that they can email their tasks and I'm going to focus on that particular feature and sure. now they can't do it because the you know everyone's blogged about it and they ho- and they're doing a Google search and they see they can do that then they sign up and they can't do it anymore. So how's that been? So the way that we approached uh, the tiering was really that that. Um, uh, first off, you know, going back before we even talk about the, the features themselves, it's just the, 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 you know, we, you know, okay, you're a startup, right? You're like, it's yep. eight years ago, it's eight and a half, seven, seven and a half years ago. We're sort of in, in, in a, in a really crappy office in Sunnyvale trying to think about like what we're building. And, uh, at the time we realized that, you know, when we launch, we're going to want to do, uh, a paid product, meaning that there's a, it's a freemium product. So you're going to have a free service and there's also something that you pay for That was going to be there at launch. And we sort of made that decision. We knew that was going to be important because one of the things that we realized was that, you know, you're going to put a lot of important stuff into Evernote. You're going to, this is, this is where your life's going to be. So uh, over time, the, the value of this product is only going to grow for you. And so therefore, uh, we expect that, that you will at some point pay us and not immediately, but over time you will. And what should that price be? Okay, so let's like do zero uh, research on that. Let's just uh, choose a price. $5. Great. Done. Uh, let's keep working on actually building a great product. So that was the extent of, I mean, and, and that's like no joke, really. That's like, that is how that works. And that's how all of, I mean, I just released a product uh, as we're recording this, like two days ago, part of that, we were talking about this before, the Gumroad Small Product Challenge. And I said, yeah. I don't know, five bucks. Like, li- like literally you're like, I-, I know it's worth more than free. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to charge, and then I'll figure it out later. So yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it's not like, uncommon. Yeah. yeah, it's like okay, well, 99 cents is too cheap. You know, five bucks sounds right. Ten is too expensive. All that kind of stuff. You've got you know, like that's that is the that's the amount of of effort that you want to put behind that. So mm-hmm. uh, several years pass. We we know at some we know in our in the back of our heads that like there's just no way that this is the actual best <laughs> optimal price. Uh, and if it was, that'd be crazy. So we did a bunch of research, which we which we didn't have uh, the resources to do earlier, and we've realized that you know what? Not only are we slightly underpriced, so there's opportunity for us to raise our our premium price, but there's actually a lot of users, there's a lot of people in the world uh, for whom the uh, the higher price is just too high, but they they want uh, a subset of the features and they want to be able to to pay for that. They want to be able to pay for that. So that was the the th- those two things together. We sort of realized, okay, so let's let's release a a, a middle tier, uh, which we call plus, and in that we sort of thought, okay, so what are these things for? Like who 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 are these people that this is going to be? for? What are the personas of these people? And the two personas were kind of people that use Evernote uh, frequently. Those are the those sort of fall into the the plus category, and then there's the the professional slash like really active daily use uh, in the premium tier. So those are sort of the ways that we would think about who falls into what. And at the basic tier, which is our free tier, that's the people that are sort of figuring out workflows, kind of getting into the getting into the swing of things. Um, and then when you walk down that path, you're, you sort of say, okay, like, well, what what features fit? The fact that at some point we chose to put, you know, our initial, initially we were putting everything into free. And that ultimately is not, is not the best way to run a business. Um, so sometimes you do have to actually pull things that you, the decisions you made in the past have to change. And in this particular case, the emailing into Evernote feature 
is a great example of, of, a, of a feature that is used by uh, a small percentage of our user base, but active users, people that really value our product. And it it totally made sense based on the research that we did and understanding kind of the user base that this should be a paid feature. Um, and people are still able to send in a few of a few emails to sort of test out the feature before they have to pay us. Um, and I totally understand that there are those people out there that use this use this frequently and feel like we've taken something away from them that that otherwise had been free. But ultimately, you know, for us, this is this is a, a a meaningful decision. This is something that we put a lot of thought into, and we hope that our that our users understand uh, that this is a feature that they should you know, consider paying us for. Well, you got to think about it this way. Is that like a company like Six Wonderkinder who just yep. got acquired by Microsoft or basically sold to Microsoft for lack of a better term. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they were free for, and they still, I mean, I, I, they have like a tier. Trello is the same. I mean, we see this. If you want good software and good services to survive, pay them. I mean, I will, um, you know, I mean, I'll cite an example almost immediately. And this would have been one of your, your uh, foregone competitors, Springpad back in the day. Uh, I mean, they didn't charge anybody, and yeah. they eventually, I think that they were, uh, what do they call it? a man acquisition is kind of what happened. Right, <laughs> right, right. They kind of right. got absorbed. Yeah. And yes. so, I mean, it's like the same thing happens with iOS developers, Android. I mean, if you want that software or that service to survive, and you get value out of it. Like, I mean, for me, the it, when, when it was, you know, I already pay for premium, so that's not a big deal. But... I saw, I'm like, yeah, this totally makes sense because it's, again, like you said, active users who are leveraging Evernote to the degree that they can. Why wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean? You know, this is a a frequent kind of conversation that we have internally about well, business model fundamentally, right? It's there's a number of different business models that a company can have. You can you can be uh, freemium like us. You can be you know trial based. You can uh, use you know run ads against content or just run ads. It's a moving target. It's whatever you know. You you need to be as a company. You need to you need you need to have a business model that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And for and for us, the business model is actually incredibly transparent and clear. You're putting stuff into Evernote. It's valuable. We don't mind that data for any reason. But if you want, you know, you, you want to have the the the, uh, the, the you want to put more in. You want to be using this this app more frequently. You want to you want to pay us. You want to pay for it. It's a very it's like you are paying for something that you love that you use frequently. This is a direct business model that anybody can understand. There's no secrets here. There's nothing. We're not monetizing the user in some in some fashion that would be confusing to them or or secretive or anything like that. It is directly you use the product, you pay us for it. Super simple. And uh, the more people use it, the more sort of active you get, the more you should consider using it, not only to pay us. I mean, the point here is not to, to like support the company necessarily only that, for that reason. There's a bunch of really cool features that you get when you, when you upgrade. So you should be considering it for those reasons, too. Ultimately, the phrase time is money makes total sense here. <laughs> no, really, it does. <laughs> right, because, right. I mean, using Evernote can save a ton of time. I want to talk a little bit about Penultimate and Scannable. Because to yeah. me, at this point, they kind of, I mean... Penultimate's when you draw a scannable, like, like, where do they, like, Penultimate was a, you guys acquired it when? I can't remember. Uh, I believe it was like three years ago. Right. So, I mean, you see all these different parts. Obviously, Hello is, go- you guys don't have Hello anymore, right? I think Hello mm-hmm. is now part of Scan. Basically, Scannable kind of replaces that to a certain extent, right? Yep. 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 And food is gone as well, right? Uh, it's still around, but but yeah, but it's but it's not it's not a, we, we don't, we don't put much, much focus it, on that. Everyone uses Instagram for that to take pictures right. of their food now anyway. When you see those intersections, because, I mean, really, Scannable kind of takes care of the pa- taking pa- pictures of the paper or whatever, and Penultimate 
can't like how do those intersect for a user because some people are like well i already have penultimate why do i need scannable or you know i mean they there's again because you have a lot of moving parts that kind of interact with evernote like how would you present that to somebody when they say well why would you download scannable well scannable does this or sure I think that the the way that there there's sort of uh, a couple of ways that we think about building uh, apps and building product and Evernote is sort of this this pretty pretty robust product. It can do a number of different things. Um, when we think about our our sort of our our, our um, secondary apps, so like Scannable or Penultimate, we want to build things with a really clear point of view. Mm-hmm. And uh, a clear point of view means that when you use it, you know you can like feel what we are trying to tell you, what like our view of this particular interaction is meant to be. Scannable is probably the, the most clear and strongest example of this. Um, when we were building Scannable, the problem that we were seeing in the world was that uh, you don't actually want to have uh, to scan something and have it just sit on your phone. Because at that point, like that receipt is not intended to go from your pocket to your, to your photo roll. That isn't the objective. The objective of that receipt is actually to be scanned really well and go on to somebody else. So it's part of a workflow. And we want to just take that receipt. We want to make it so that like you, you scan that receipt, the receipt goes in the trash, and the digital representation of that receipt goes on to your you know, accountant. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't actually stay on in the app, it doesn't stay on your photo roll unless you really want it to. And I think that's the really important thing. So we made an app that has this really clear point of view that paper and, and meaning specifically these sort of like business cards, receipts, all these scraps of paper don't belong anywhere in your life except as part of a workflow that should just as soon as it hits the app, it's out. And it's and it's and it's on to the next person. So this this app is entirely intended to sort of process paper, um, and that was that's like that is how it works. So the minute that you that you send something and you hit done, that paper's gone. Like mm-hmm. there's no, it's not saved anywhere, and it's great. People love it, and it's and it's and it's working really well in that way. I just used it today. I had lunch uh, with a, a colleague, and uh, yeah, I took a picture with Scannable. And I mean, and, and here's the interesting thing: is is I, I I'm a neat guy. I've used Neat for a long time. Um, the nice thing is that, and this uh, this leads in nicely to my next question about um, when other organizations, other applications, other, they recognize the the uh, buying power. I'll use that from my old Costco days, like the, the power that Evernote has in terms of pull in the community, because you can sync your neat scans to Evernote. I mean, you can, it's, uh, you know, you're seeing that now. And and one of the things that I think is impressive, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is that we talked about Microsoft earlier. OneNote, you you know OneNote. You must know OneNote, right? Sure. Okay, yeah. so OneNote was the, for lack of a better term, the redheaded stepchild of the office suite, right? Right. It was right. the thing that was kind of ignored. And now all of a sudden, and I honestly, and, and I mean, you can, uh, what, what your thoughts are on this is, is going to be interesting. But I think the reason OneNote became more of a um, a player again for them, not necessarily because I mean it, it doesn't compare in, in a lot of sense to Evernote. But I think they took notice and said, "Hey, we have this kind of thing that we haven't been leveraging. Let's leverage it." Like, how do you guys feel about that? When, when, how, as a company, when you see other, uh, when you see that what you've built is having such a, an impact in the in the in the world that. Other companies that you may not have thought of before are paying attention and and trying to you know get a get a stake in the game. 
Well, you know, it, it's, I suppose, flattering. It's great, right? I mean, it's, it's actually, you know, you have to look at this as we, we learn from each other. And, and I think we influence each other. And we see that, that for us, this is, uh, this is just a great opportunity, meaning that the way that, the way that we see the world in general is that uh, whatever, you know, when Microsoft starts doing stuff with OneNote, that's them taking, like you said, it's it's a it's it's a reaction, right? It's a reaction to the world that we exist in now as a result of the 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 success that Evernote has had. Um, you know, I think that the the concept of a note in general, like this this concept of a note, the concept of 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 this this um, kind of open canvas on which you can write and put and put files and and uh, record audio and do all of this like multimedia stuff. That is the evolution of the concept of a file or of a, of a document. So it's, it's where all of this should be going because you should be able to work in a, in a space that's sort of flexible and sort of it, it matches whatever you, whatever you happen to want out of, part, out of your workday, whatever you happen to need to, to save and to view visually, you want to have it inside of uh, a container. And that container today is a note, which is, which is exactly the sort of evolution. So when we think about what our place is in the world – we see that as the core. And what that means to us is that, in fact, like, yeah, Microsoft and OneNote can be, can be uh, it's, it's a valuable product that a lot of people love. But what we see is we see Word and we see PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. And we see, we see, we see the, 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 the step up, right? We see the next. We don't see note-taking. We see a completely ch- different way of working. We see a completely different way of communicating with people, of, of having meetings, of getting stuff done that you build care about. Courses. I'm, I mean, my, yeah. my friend Steve Dotto build, builds his courses in Evernote. Exactly. Because exactly. You, can, you can share the notebook, and this is how they have access to it. Like, you can, I mean, off the top, we talked about, you know, like the limits of, really, the limits are... Only in my mind, um, based on your own constraints. Exactly, exactly. And so it's really like it's it's exciting to see to be to be able to have built something that is really changing how people think about like how you write and how this like all of this content exists. It's just it's ex- like it's it's really exciting. I mean, it's been it's been seven and a half years now, and it's really exciting to see the stuff going going down. And what's really exciting is when you when I present stuff or when people you share an Evernote notebook with somebody or you do a presentation and they can get the URL and they see everything there. Like to a lot of people, that's still magical. Like for me right. and you, it's not. Like we're like, okay, yeah, this is can be done. But for the vast majority of people, like, how did you make that happen? And in right. most cases, it's just okay. It's in a notebook, and I but put a bunch of notes there, and you've got access. It's just like a copy and paste of a URL. So sure. I mean, you know, but yeah. for, for a yeah. lot of people, I mean, I mean, Evernote presentations would be a great example of that. I mean, even the work chat. Now, I'm I'm curious because. Yep. I don't use WorkChat very much. I did because um, I have another tool and uh, Slack, which I love, and yeah, I think Slack Slack's, is great. Slack's phenomenal. How do you, in a case like that, especially because Slack has now kind of become the you know the darling when it comes to it, basically it, it, it's becoming maybe the ultimate communication tool, for lack of a better term, because you can throw other things in it and all that stuff. One thing I've liked about what Evernote does is that you get as a company is you're not afraid to either a you're not afraid to iterate and B, you're also not afraid to to fail. And I'm not saying that work chat's a failure at all, but what I'm saying is like when something like that happens, because Slack came to the game much later, like do you have with something like work chat, are you saying, okay, well, how do we make this? Do we need to change this? Do we like, how do you, how do you map that out? How do you say, okay, this, there's a new player here that we like. Do we either, um, you know, 
do do we integrate it or do we let them integrate it or like how does that kind of process happen because i mean again that whole adage of if you try to please everybody you please no one and evernote always kind of seems to teeter on that precipice right (laughs) yeah yeah um that's a that's a really great question i think the the you know, again, it's sort of in the in the vein of of building things with a point of view. Our point of view on Evernote is that you should have all of the things that you care about, all the things that that are important to your given project or the work that you're doing, in a single place. Um, there's a ton of research that 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 talks about how app switching is detrimental in, mm-hmm. a, in a way to your productivity, right? Because you know, switching to a different app takes takes you know quarters of a second, but the the it, once it, you have it to wears out decision it's decision it, fatigue it, yeah yeah it's it's fatigue it's then then the returning returning I think like I saw something the other day that's like twenty three minutes to return yeah. back to to the work that you were doing before so how do you how do you do how do you fix that how do you how do you make that better well in our view the way that you make that better is to not switch is to or or to limit the amount of switching that you end up doing so internally at Evernote we we use WorkChat all the time. And what it's done is it's it allows us to remain inside of the context of Evernote, mm-hmm. and it allows us to work, share the note, get ideas on on what people are saying on that note. We have that really cool. I don't know if I mean you said you don't use WorkChat very much, but there's there's this really great aspect of it, which is we call presence, which is the ability to see. Uh, not only when people are inside of the specific note that you're working on, but also other notes that you've shared with them. So you can kind of get a sense of, oh, this person is currently working on this other note that I know is important. I should go talk to them about that. Right. Uh, and this this sort of ambient awareness of not only the work that you're doing, but an ability to communicate and also an ability to see what others are working on that's relevant to you, we think that's really important without having to switch into a different app and switch into a different context. So that's our view of the world, uh, and that's why we build these types of features into the app. And what's interesting is that, again, it, it gives you the capability. It gives people choice. Choice is important. I mean, yeah. unfortunately... We, are, we live in a world where there's a lot of choices, which causes people more, and this is like my catchphrase, you know, they end up doing productive instead of being productive because they're like, okay, well, how do I get this stuff? And, and, oh, there's five different choices I can use for task management or eight different choices I can use for an email app or whatever. So it, it's, it's, that to me is fascinating. What are some of the tips that you would recommend people try um, to work smarter and more efficiently inside of Evernote? Oh, and there's well, so, and we only have um, we don't have an hour, so uh. you don't have an hour. Um, you know, and and what what I find so even in in Evernote, right? So even at this company, meaning Evernote, the company, uh, we all use Evernote differently. And I find that my use of Evernote is actually like crazy different from other people here. So um, I rely incredibly heavily on search. Uh, I don't use notebooks. So your tags, it's a lot of tags and a lot of searching. No, no, no. Just, just straight up OCR. No, it is just straight up like keyword searches yeah. and, OC- and, 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 our, and our text recognition and images and all that stuff. Like I do not, I'm I like. Well, there is a notebook maximum too, right? We know well, that, Well, there's, right? there's a notebook maximum of a lot. Yeah, uh, but and, 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 and again, <laughs> we talked about this before the call. Yeah. Edge cases hit that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So my, my use of Evernote is tied to a couple of things. I don't use notebooks. I just, I have my notes and I use searches. And the thing that I really love are the shortcuts. So mm. I have a, usually have about 10 or so shortcuts at any given time and I clean that kind of religiously. Uh, so as soon as, a pro- as soon as like I'm done with a project, as soon as I don't need the note anymore, I just like 
drag it out of shortcuts and I put a new one in. So in any given week, I've got kind of the the the, the week's worth of like super critical projects right there on mm-hmm. in, the, in the left nav. And everything else is just using search. And our search is so good that I've never lost anything. Um, and for me, that's like, I think that when I when I when I hear a lot of sort of people talk about how they use Evernote, they they use they use a lot of like organizational tricks within Evernote. Mm-hmm. But you can also be, uh, and I am sort of the the example of it. You can also be kind of a, a kind of a, a slob in Evernote and still and still get a lot out of it. No, you, no, no stacks, no nothing. No nothing. No wow, nothing. Wow! 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 Um, you can believe it. No nothing. No, and so one of the tricks I say, and I've talked to people about this before, is that you know the default notebook in Evernote is called My Notebook. Well, mm-hmm. for what I'll what I've done is I've told people call it your inbox, and then put an asterisk or something in front of it that moves it to the top of the notebooks, right? Because because inbox to me means something. Inbox means I need to go through it to process stuff. Whereas My Notebook doesn't really resonate with me. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, find yeah, right. something right. that that right. works. But it's, I mean, the fact you, you, I mean, you're actually a great uh, use case because most people, what they'll do is they'll get Evernote and they'll go, oh, I'm putting everything in there. Like, and then they've got this digital clutter to replace the visual paper clutter that they once had. And it's harder to deal with that if you don't know it's there because it's invisible, right? Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so you've kind of. Uh, found a way to make that work for you, which is which is which is great. Um, my other my other what one one super like sure. super user best thing though in the world is um, if you use a Mac Command J. Do you do you know Command J? I haven't used no 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 no. What oh is my god, J? Command J is a notebook. Is how do you switch how to switch notebooks ah. with, from any view in Evernote. It brings out it brings down this this uh, this card that lets you just type in a name of any notebook and you jump into it. So we use that. I use that a lot with with other people because I'm because we're in a never know business and so there are business notebooks and things that people have shared with me. Command J instead of having to go to the notebooks tab and then and then finding the notebook, you just Command J brings down this card. You do a you you like type in the name of the notebook and you just jump right into it. Super super useful. Wow, there you go. So there's another tip, especially from the Mac users out there. So yeah. Um, Andrew, I want to thank you for taking the time today to, to talk with me about Evernote and, and some of the, the future of productivity, what it looks like, and maybe where, where, where and not maybe, but where Evernote fits into this. Now, as we're recording this, and this is obviously, you know, we're, we're airing this a couple months later, uh, Phil Leibin is looking to replace himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pronounced Phil's last name right, I think, isn't it? No, no, totally wrong. Totally Libin. wrong? Okay. Libin. Libin. It's fine. Eh, it's yeah. fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't mind. He it's, doesn't. Ba- it's bound to happen. So yeah. Phil, because, you know, we're on a first name basis, is, is looking to leave. He's not leaving. He's just, he's, and, and the story, so how do, I mean, just for, I mean, and again, you can only say so much, but when, is there an ETA for that? Like, because I know a lot of people who, especially those who are using it, are probably like, okay, when is the shoe going to drop on this? Like, when is either A, I mean, obviously the search number, when is like, is there an IPO idea when that's going to happen? Or is it just, you're in the exploratory phase or what's going on there? Uh, or, or why can you share? I mean, there's not there's not a whole lot that I can really say about about all that stuff. I think the the the, the thing to to keep in mind here is that Phil has built this company and Phil's not going anywhere. No. So um, the the idea that that what he's what he really does amazingly amazingly well is he is a like a true visionary in the ability to see where technology and society are heading and then building for that. And that's exactly what Evernote was seven years ago. It was like 
people are going to need something like this. And he was totally right. And he continues to be very right. So he's, he's moving into a role where he's sort of the product visionary, which is exactly what he's always been. So um, those, those people out there that are sort of curious about what the future of Evernote is, it doesn't really change. Awesome. And then, of course, the, the, the thing you always hear, because of things like Wonderless getting acquired by Microsoft and Timeful being swallowed up by Google and all this stuff, um, there's always a concern about, but what if Evernote goes away? Or what if Evernote... Um, I'm not saying you can allay those fears, but I mean, <laughs> when you hear news like that, you know, like they're gonna, there's an IPO on the horizon and Phil's going to stick around because he is like the visionary of the... So those who are listening, they're like, but if I invest time in Evernote, it's not... It, you're not looking at a... The exit strategy, I would imagine, is non-existent. We are committed to this whole hundred-year startup thing. That's that's yeah. been that is the driving uh, idea behind Evernote is longevity, um, and so and that's been well documented. That's always, Phil, Phil's always the way we think it. about yeah. it. Phil, yeah. Phil's talked yeah. about that. So that I mean, just doesn't change. Awesome, awesome, Andrew. Thanks so much for joining me this week on the show. Um, I had a blast. Uh, anyone who is using Evernote or is looking to use Evernote. Um, you know, there'll be a link in the show notes, uh, linking to my Evernote account so I can get some free months. Um, <laughs> I'm no fool. Uh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, thanks again, Andrew, for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. So do you know how to use Evernote a little bit better now? Or do you have a bit better insight as to how the company operates and what their mission is and where they're going? I hope you do. Uh, my plan with this discussion was to kind of um, pull some things out of Andrew that I may have not heard anywhere else before. Maybe I've read it, but not necessarily heard it. And Andrew was more than accommodating with his time and with what he had to say. So thanks again to Andrew for joining me this week on the podcast. If you want to hear the interview in its entirety, head over to patreon.com slash productivityist and pledge any dollar amount you'd like from $1 all the way up to the $50 mark, which gets you a 20-minute Productivityist coaching session every month, which means your our session will go in that Evernote Moleskin uh, that 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 I use uh, to you know take care of my coaching and that's some of the stuff I talk about in the Patreon edition is how I use Evernote a little bit more and some of the other stuff that came up uh, during our conversation we we talked for almost fifty minutes so uh, you're getting about fifteen minutes of bonus content there plus the two additional bonus podcasts so if you'd like to support the show and help me make it better and better and it's with the support of my Patreon supporters that I have a producer for the show, John Polstra, and he helps me put the show together. He does most of the legwork at this point, uh, other than the preparation for the interviews and kind of, I do the show notes and all that stuff. And, and we actually talk about how we put the podcast together in one of those bonus episodes. So again, if you're interested, head over to patreon.com slash productivityist. I would love to have you as one of our supporters. That's it for this week. Until next time. Stop guessing, start going, and keep moving things forward. We'll see you next week.